Welcome to the One Life Community Church Podcast. We're glad you're joining us. Our mission is to lead people to follow Jesus in everyday life. We're on a journey together to live and learn what it means to love God and love people. Our hope is that God would supernaturally use this message to influence and encourage others to follow Jesus. I'm glad you guys are here. Um, Thanks for taking time out. Uh, to be here. Um, this is our fifth week here, fifth Sunday here um, in this place. And uh, I'm just, every week, uh, I get more excited about what God is doing, what he's done, and um, changes because we're not finished here. There's still a lot of dust, dirt, a lot of things not quite finished left uh, yet. But I also um, am excited just because I feel like we're using our resources um, with a lot more wisdom. I mean, we're spending money every month to lease a place for a few hours on a Sunday. And um, for us now to be able to use this place as a tool um, for our community and to invest here and in our community, it's a really big deal. Um, we shared with you the end of last week about something that's been going on here throughout the week, the last two weeks, um, a camp that's put on by um, a nonprofit here in town called The Ark who serves uh, children and adults who have... Um, intellectual and developmental disabilities. And so the last two weeks we've had camp here um, for teenagers and adolescents 13 to 21 years old. And so we had this camp Monday through Friday. And it's been so awesome. Just, I took a few days out of my schedule last week and the week before just to volunteer and be here. And um, this is my buddy Jackson. And uh, we're, we're good friends. I, I knew his family from a long time ago and didn't know him that well, but I got to spend a lot of time with him the last two weeks. And oh my gosh, we laughed so hard and had so much, I mean, just laughing where there's just tears, you know? And um, I, I share with you about him because there was a moment, oh, it was probably on uh, Thursday this last week. And uh, Jackson looked over at me, and he said this a couple of times, but for some reason, Thursday just got me. And he goes, I love you so much. I know. See, it just like, it melted me. I was just like, oh, buddy, give me a hug, you know. Um, It was so good, and it was powerful. And and words are, are really powerful, and they can be powerful. From, from anyone, from a stranger, from somebody like Jackson that we spend, spend time with, or, or someone really close to you. Words, words have a lot of power. And we started last week in this series, The Power of Our Words, just, just talking about the fact that our words carry weight in life. Um, and just to recap, last week we started out in Genesis and just talking about how God spoke life into being, into existence. He spoke it. He didn't have to, but he did. And then also the Tower of Babel, he confused language. And so there was just this ability for there to be life and destruction through words. Um, We looked at this proverb right here. Look at this, Proverbs 18, 20, and 21. Um, From the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of their lips, they are satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it, will eat its fruit. There are consequences from our words all the time. We choose to speak life-giving words or words of destruction. And for us to really understand the power of our words, um, it's important for us 
to just look and say, you know, am I life-giving in my speech? Or are my words really destructive? The comments, the criticism, the critical spirit. We have to always assess our motives, our desires. And uh, this morning, I wanted us to to do something that is foundational when it comes to our words. And, And that is truth or lies when it comes to our words. It's very, very important. Um, We live in a time where opinions are seen as truth, as facts. Um, There seems to be no overarching standard when it comes to truth. Um, What's good for you is good for you, and what's good for me is good for me. What's true for you is true for you. What's true for me is true for me. And we'll just go about our lives living this way. Um, You have your truth and I'll have mine. Last week I shared with you guys about something called, um, well, I'll talk about that in a second. What we we fail to understand is, is we have been so affected by this. And here's what I mean. I'm just gonna get real about this. When a president says, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. We have athletes who sit and stare at the camera and say, I did not take performance enhancing drugs. But the tests come back and say they did. When people sit before a judge and jury and raise their right hand and say, I swear to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help me God. And then they repeat lie after lie after lie. This is the world that we, we live in. Um, I had this moment a couple months ago because our family was involved in a trial here in town. And um, it was interesting. Um, and I don't know for sure, but I think whenever someone sits down and uh, they tell them to raise their, their right hand, Often, what, what do, what, where's their left hand? Anybody know? Does anybody know? Does anybody know? If you maybe don't know, maybe if you rewind and go back, what did they used to do? Where would their left hand be? Anybody know? Yeah, it was on the Bible. Okay. Um, now, some, some places maybe have gotten away from that, but I think it's really interesting that, that the left hand has gotten away from that. And maybe we've drifted from that. Um, see, I think we, we've lost our way. Um, this says things we don't like. And we would rather just tear out those pages. But the things that we do like, we'll highlight and post and all of that, especially if it's something great and good, or we may take something completely out of context out of here and use it for our benefit. We want to be right, always. We do. And when we're wrong, we twist the truth. Um, We we, we manipulate and we maneuver things, and and we twist the facts so that we can look like we're right. Um, This reminds me of this conversation between Jesus 
and Pilate, who was the governor there in Rome at the time. Jesus had been arrested. He went before Caiaphas, the high priest. All these religious leaders had trumped up these charges against Jesus because they wanted to kill him. And, and Caiaphas said, I'm, I'm going to send him to Pilate. So Jesus goes there before Pilate. Pilate has the power to kill Jesus, the authority to do this. And they're out in front of the people, and the people are yelling, crucify him. And Pilate's like, I don't find any reason to do this. But then he calls Jesus into his chambers. And I I want you to see this. He he asked Jesus, he said, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said, is that your idea, or did somebody tell you that? And then here's, here's what Jesus said to him. My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You're a king then, said Pilate to Jesus. And Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. In fact, listen, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And then here's the question that in 2018 that we all wrestle with and that Pilate states, what is truth? What is truth? This, this word here in the Greek, it means uncovered, unhidden, being able to be tested, to be fact, to be real. Truth. What is truth? And this morning, I just want us to think about that in our own lives. What happens when we listen to what is untrue? And we base our decisions off of lies? Why do we even lie in the first place? Why do we do this? Why why do we keep telling ourselves and the people around us things that aren't true? Why do we keep lies going, lies about other people? Listen to me, we're in this together. Every one of us is guilty. Every single one of us. Um, We're going to take a minute and we're going to look at where this started. The first moment where words are spoken that inevitably affected and infected all of humanity. Take a second. I'm going to pray and um, just ask for God to speak to us. Father God, speak today through your word, through your spirit. Your word is truth, it's living and active, and it is useful for correcting, for teaching, for rebuking, for training in godliness, that we would, we would know you more through your word. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you convict, that you encourage, that you open our eyes to, to just where we're off, where we're hiding things, where we want to be right, but deep down we, we know we're not. And then also open our eyes to where we just think that we know and maybe we are so off. So I ask today that you would just speak light and life into each of our lives. And I pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Um, So if we go back, Genesis 3 is where you can open up and look to, um, or you can follow along right here. And I'm going to get there. But basically, we started out last week, and um, I'm just going to kind of go back there. God creates everything in the earth. The earth is good. It's great, it's perfect. Um, He speaks life into existence and then God creates Adam, creates man in his image. Um, He sets Adam in the Garden of Eden 
And there are all kinds of trees there in the Garden of Eden, but there's also two trees, the, the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And I think it's important for us to understand that it was like paradise, okay? And look at this, Genesis 2, 16 to 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. Free to eat of any tree. But you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. After this, Adam's there. Adam being alone is not good. So God creates a helper. A helpmate for him, Eve. And Eve's created. And they enjoy a relationship with God, in God's presence, with each other, enjoying creation, perfection. Everything is awesome. But not long after this, things turn for the worse. Genesis 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat the fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open. You'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. There's this conversation, a twisting of the truth. And, and Satan warps words and ushers sin into the story. See, it's because of this conversation and this choice by Adam and Eve that all of creation experiences the consequences of this original sin. In the, in the narrative of scripture, this is what's called the fall. We have creation where there's, everything is perfect and then there's the fall where mankind sins. And listen to me, it was all initiated it was all initiated through words. Through words. Powerful words that make up a lie. Eve was deceived and, and she took the bait. She bought the lie. We won't die. We won't die. Like, surely, like, we'll, we eat this, everything's going to be okay. Why is God holding out on us? Look at verse 7. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees in the garden. So now we see, now we see that in this moment, the lie happens, and now there's shame. Their shame. And there's also a literal cover-up. Like, they've been naked, and now it's like, oh my gosh. Oh. Now, I want you to think about that in the course of our lives. When we lie, when we twist the truth, the shame, and then the cover-up. Because there's always a cover-up. And this also leads, listen to me, this also leads to fear every time. They're now hiding. 
They're hiding. Look at verse 9. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? As if he didn't know where he was. He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Fear, shame, hiding. Verse 11, he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And the man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. So now let's add blame to the list. (laughs) Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you've done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. See, lies and deception are at the core of death. God says, you will die. Satan says, surely you won't die. Satan is the master manipulator. He deceives, he twists the truth. He always puts in just enough truth for us to fall for it. This will always be his strategy. Killing, stealing, and destroying through deception. Satan lured Eve to a place of listening to the lies she was alone And she questioned what was true. She listened. From this point on, we've all felt the effects. Like Eve, we, listen to me, we've all been lied to. How many of you have been lied to here? Mm, Now the tougher one, how many of us have lied to other people? We all have. And then there's also the part of our lives that we believe lies Lies about ourselves, lies about other people, lies about God. Last week we talked about this thing, it's the phenomenon called the illusion of truth effect, and it's the fact that um, when we see, read, or, or hear messages, the ones that are repeated the most are the ones that we believe. True or untrue. The more often we hear something, the more we believe it. Every time. Words are powerful. And what we say and believe is powerful, whether it's true or not. Yet how many of us choose to live in a lie, in deception? Or how many choose to continue to hide what's really going on? How many, how many of us won't come clean because we're afraid of the truth? We'll be exposed. We'll be vulnerable. And here's the part. There'll be consequences. Um, when I was about seven years old, <clears throat> um, over on Southwest Parkway, there's what's now Cash Saver. It was Albertsons. This is how old I am. I love the Dallas Cowboys. I'm serious. I was telling Brendan this story this morning. He goes, like, man, when was, like, you were how old? Like, you had to be, he was, like, at least 10 years off, you know? Like, I'm old. Um, Anyway, I love the Dallas Cowboys, like love the Dallas Cowboys, like old school Dallas Cowboys. And so at seven years old, we're in Albertsons, we're at the checkout line, and you know how they just have just junk at the checkout line, you know? And if you have kids, this is when they start grabbing for stuff, and they're like, oh, I need this, I need this. Anyway, there in this nice little box was um, AstroTurf, because they pulled up 
the AstroTurf from Texas Stadium and like geniuses, they cut it into these five foot strips and wrapped them up to sell it to kids like me who just loved, like what am I gonna do with that? But I wanted it so bad and I told my, I was like, mom, can I have that please? And um, I remember it was, it was like late fall, it was cold outside and uh, she's like, no, we don't have the money for that, you don't need that. And so she's doing the groceries through the checkout line and I just come right over and I just like, just put it right in the inside of my big puffy coat I go home, I put it in my dresser, hide it underneath a bunch of clothes, and then about mm, probably four to six weeks later, I'm going somewhere, and I need to get some clothes, and my stepdad's like, here, I'll go get you a set of clothes, blah, blah, blah. He goes in there, digs through, and he goes, hmm. He asks me, he goes, hey, where'd you get this? Granny got it for me? Like that. (laughs) Quick. He's like, hmm. So he calls her. She's like, no, I never bought him anything like that. So then he asked me again. I was like, I took it? So then it was like crushing. So now I got this whole thing about like, do you want to go to juvie? Do you have the money to pay for this? Blah, blah, blah. So they took me like good parents. They took me back to the store. I had to go talk to the manager they took me up above, like, for, as a kid, you don't know, like, they have offices up above the store, and it freaked me out. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, this is, I didn't even know this was here. And then, like, you know, they have cameras in there, and, like, you're just like, oh, gosh. So then the manager asked me, well, do you have money to pay for this? No. Well, do I need to call the police? No. We don't need to get them involved. <laughs> so then my third option was to give it back. So I gave it back. But, and I got a beaten when I got home. Um, there's consequences. There's consequences for the truth. Always. And, and look at this. Truthful words stand the test of time, but lies are soon exposed. How many of you know this? Like, you know, the truth lasts but lies only for a moment. Like you're going to get busted. If it's not days, it might be months. The truth will come out. What we fail to understand is that no matter how often, listen to me, that we repeat the lie to ourselves and we repeat the lie to the people around us and we believe the lie and they believe the lie, listen to me, the lie is a lie and it's not true. It doesn't matter how often we repeat it It won't last. The truth will come out. And it's never going to be true. I tell my kids all the time, tell the truth even if it hurts. Tell the truth even if it hurts. I know you don't want to tell me the truth. I know you're afraid of the consequences. Just, it will find you out. Always. And here's what we forget when it comes to this whole thing of truth and lies, this is a spiritual battle. And although Satan is unseen, he is always at work and he is warping words and he is waging a war that's unseen. Just as he did with Adam and Eve, he continues to do this. He continues through lies and deception. And Jesus knew this. There's this great scene 
with Jesus and a whole bunch of people. And um, he had done all of these miracles and there were some people who believed, but then there were people who didn't believe that he was the Messiah. And those people were the religious people, the people who knew the scriptures, the people who knew everything, the know-it-alls, the critical people, that they were all standing around. We don't believe you. Even though you've done this, even though you said, we, we don't believe you. And Jesus has this conversation with them and he goes, despite everything that I've done and said, what you've seen, you still don't recognize that I come from God. You still, you still don't, you don't understand. They're like, we don't need to listen to you. We have Abraham as our father. And if God wanted to tell us something, he would have said it through Abraham. He would have said it through Moses. We don't need you. You're a false prophet. And they, they, they didn't believe. Jesus comes back at them just full on like gloves off and does not hold back. He says, Moses knows who I am. Abraham knows who I am. God knows who I am. But but still you don't. And here's why you don't. Look at what he says. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. These are the church leaders, the religious people. And what he was getting at is the fact that in their hearts, they wanted to kill him because they threatened him. And they couldn't handle, they couldn't handle the truth. And they were so steeped in religion that they just had their blinders on. And it was a foreshadowing of what was going to happen because these are the people who brought Jesus forward to crucify him. He goes on to say this. He was a murderer, Satan, from the beginning, not holding, listen, not holding to the truth for there is no truth in him. No truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Jesus believes that there is an individual, a he, behind the lies. That he, Satan, his ultimate objective is to kill. And his method is deception and distortion. And he, des- he destroys life through lies. He continually confuses the human mind into thinking What's wrong is right, and what's right is wrong. And people do crazy things, and they think that they're right because he's deceived them. Because like Eve, they buy the lie, and destruction follows. Listen, this happens all the time, all the time. People believe the lie that they need someone in their life to complete them, Jerry Maguire. (laughs) Or, oh my gosh, look at her. She's so beautiful. I have a lot more in common with her than I do my wife. We have a great life together. It's a lie. Or how about this? Gosh, I just, if I just bought this, Man, life would be so much better. It would be so great. 
but yet I have $28,000 in credit card debt, but I just want more. Like I just need that to make me happy. Or the lie that that addiction, that's, that's not that bad. Like there's a lot of people that have other things worse off. Like I'm okay. Lies reap destruction. This, this is a spiritual battle. Jesus, when he began his ministry, he's led into the wilderness. And, and look what Satan does. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. What? Just hold up. I, I don't know where you are, what you believe, but in what Jesus just, that whole conversation right there, like we live, we live in this earth, we, we live here, yet it's been given to and placed under the authority of, of Satan. Listen to me, there's a battle and his agenda is to end human life however he can. He hasn't been given complete control, but he has the same agenda that he's had since the beginning. He'll deceive, he'll twist the truth. How are we listening to the lies? And are, are, we, are we stopping long enough and pausing to process what's coming in? Listen, we live in the information overload age. And we don't slow down enough to even try to decipher what's true, what's not true. And we either believe something or we continue to spread something that may or may not be true, but we just don't slow down enough. That's why last week one of the things that I said was just for us to pause and slow down. Um, last week, um, last weekend we did a wedding. It was so good. Um, yeah, Jose sitting back there. Um, got married right down here. One of the things with weddings, you know, is love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, does not boast, is not proud, is not rude, not self-seeking, not easily angered, keeps no record of wrongs. It does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. How are we, how are we rejoicing in the truth? How are we, if fixing our mind on if, if anything's true or right or noble or excellent or praiseworthy that we think about those things. The gossip, the slander, the lies, we don't believe it, we don't buy it. And we're not lured by the father of lies. I'm gonna tell you just a couple of things real quick. This right here is imperative, this. Knowing it, applying it but we're too busy too many other things are more important um, I had a mentor one time he said um, people will lie to you even people in the church unless you read this book over and over and over again you won't be able to figure out who's lying to you the truth absolute truth something to follow, not your truth, not my truth, the truth. The other thing is, do you have someone in your life to tell you the truth? 
Do you have that person? Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Do you have someone that out of love will wound you because you need to hear it? I heard this before. Truth without love is brutality. Love without truth is hypocrisy. How many of us, we, we desperately need the truth and are we willing to tell the truth even if it hurts? And I'm gonna tell you, we have nothing to fear in the truth. Relationships are all about trust, our relationships with each other, our relationship with the Heavenly Father. It's about trust and you can't go, you can't be in a relationship and have trust without truth. It's impossible. Where are you in this? Are you hiding in the garden? Covering up? I'm here to tell you this morning, you don't have to be afraid. Would you bow your heads? Father God, thank you for today. And thank you for your word. I ask that we would not be afraid to step into the truth, that we would not be afraid of um, for you to shine light in our lives and for us not to run and go hide and try to keep things in the dark. For those of us who know you, Jesus, we know deep down, we know that you know everything that's going on with us. And I ask that you would speak to the lies that we believe about ourselves, the lies about others, but we continue, we continue to over and over remind ourselves of the gospel. And some here today, maybe this, this is what this is what you needed to hear: that Jesus was perfect. He is perfect. There is no deceit in Him. And he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. From, from sin's time in the garden entering in, this world is broken. It's hard. There's pain, there's sorrow, but Jesus brings hope. And he tells us the truth because he loves us so much that he would come here, that he would give his life would lay down his life for the lies, for the sin of you and me. But he defeated all of that. He came back to life and he lives forever. He, he sits at the right hand of God. He intercedes for us as Satan still accuses us. He stands in the way. The truth wins and love does win. saying, Jesus, I need you. I confess to you, here's the stuff I'm hiding. Here's, here's the lies. Here's the deceit. Forgive me. Make me new. I'll tell the, I'll tell the truth even if it hurts because you're the truth and I want you. I need you more than anything or anyone else. I just ask today for any of you in here that you come down front. We'll have people down here just to pray with you. 
we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us 